All right, so today I am joined by Charles Hill here at CSBS. He's our Senior Director of IT Security Engineering and Operations, which is just a long way of saying he is very skilled at cybersecurity and IT issues. Thanks for joining me, Charles. Glad to be here, Matt. So today we're talking about something that's been in the news a lot recently, and that is solar winds. Um, and it seems to float around as a, as a big issue or a big problem. And for me, even, you know, sometimes I wonder, is that the name of the company? Is that the name of, of, of some sort of cyber hack? So uh, to start off, can you just explain to us what is SolarWinds? Sure. So uh, SolarWinds is actually a company and they make a product named Orion, which is a monitoring management and maintenance tool. Uh, Orion provides centralized monitoring and management of your entire IT stack from your infrastructure all the way up your applications and everything in between. Because it is their primary product, people commonly refer to it just as SolarWinds. They don't say Orion. Um, that, that's, that's the biggest product they have. So, and in this particular case, the breach or hack that is in the news is also referred to as SolarWinds. So it's very context dependent. The truth being, it's a company name, but it's commonly referred to for their product, Orion. And in this case, it is now referred to as one of the major hacks in the last several decades. So that simplifies it some because SolarWinds is the name of the company. It is the way people are talking about the hack and it is the way that people are talking about the products. So we'll try not to confuse it too much, but that's that's a pretty good summary. So for the company SolarWinds, what exactly happened here? What, why is this such big news? Why is everybody covering it? Um, what happened with their, with their product? Right. So uh, it's big news is because, like I mentioned, uh, that the, the product is a monitoring management maintenance tool for companies, entire stack. They, they, they touch everything. Um, it, it can also be used to configure and distribute updates and patches, monitoring your network infrastructure, provide IP addresses. It it's really can act as the core of a network management system. It runs everything and it touches everything. And, and while they do have competitors, SolarWinds is the 900 pound gorilla in this space. They, they are huge. They do everything. Um, so why this is so impactful is very simple. The malicious actors weren't necessarily interested in SolarWinds for SolarWinds. They were interested in SolarWinds because SolarWinds makes a product that runs everything. It runs people's banks. It runs the computers behind the exchanges. It runs the computers in government offices. It runs all of those things. And by getting into SolarWinds and then SolarWinds distributing it to their customers, it gets them in through a back door to all of those customers. And it's so impactful is because it went undetected for many months and we don't know how deep it got other than it looks to have gotten everywhere. So at some point in time, did SolarWinds not notice this code going in and, and you know, they, they said it was legitimate code or, or something happened where, where people thought that they were safe? Sometime in early of September of 2019, SolarWinds experienced a breach. They're, they're not exactly sure where or how, um, but they experienced a breach and a malicious actor gained a foothold into their network. And over the next several months, that actor just sort of wormed their way into the system. And what they ended up with was embedding in the 
process and pipeline to where SolarWinds Orion code was compiled, developed, and packaged to get ready to send out to end users. So they were able to sit there at the very last stage and insert malware into that development pipeline. So it ended up looking like legitimate code. So they, they, they stuck it in the, in the process and then SolarWinds signed it, packaged it, shrink wrapped it, and sent it off to customers. So it was certified as authentic and it wasn't developed by SolarWinds. It was malware installed by bad guys. All right, so that's a pretty big deal because everyone thought they were safe when they actually weren't. So there must have been a, a lot of activity going on um, where people didn't know that they they had been hacked. So uh, since SolarWinds touches so many different companies and industries, who all got hacked? Who all who all who all was impacted by this? So, like I said, they were originally hacked in September of 2019. The compromise was not discovered until December of 2020 by a security firm, FireEye. So that's over a year that the bad guys were deep in SolarWinds network and nobody knew what they were doing. There were four or five different versions of SolarWinds Orion that were compromised, who all got hacked. We're still trying to figure everybody out and we may not know everybody, but currently federal victims include the US Commerce and Treasury Departments, the Department of Homeland Security, National Institutes of Health, the National Nuclear Security Administration and the State Department. But there were hundreds of others, uh, including cities, counties, and state governments, as well as numerous private sector companies. A detailed analysis by the security firm Kaspersky estimated that one third of all compromised victims are industrial organizations. So it touches private business, government, uh, industries, it touches banks, it touches so many different people. What confused me about this as I was as I was looking it up is um, if you insert malware into so many different places, you know, if you're doing something malicious, someone's got to notice, right? So, so whatever they were doing, why didn't anybody notice? What did this attack exactly do to people? So that 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 also um, people are trying to figure out. So the attack was called solar winds because this is the it was the first indicator. SolarWinds was not the only way in. This was a long detailed operation that um, the adversaries put a great deal of effort into and, and much of their effort was put into just being stealthy and hiding. So while the initial breach was dated to September of 2019, the first several months, they just sat there and watched how day-to-day -day operation goes, how everything goes, so they could move and blend in without being seen. So they, they, they tried to live off the land by using existing tools on systems without downloading known malicious viruses. They work in the way everybody normally works. So they spent several months doing just that, learning how to blend in. Uh, the biggest targets that we could tell were Microsoft Office 365 accounts. The, the bad guys wanted to get into email. Now, email, our, our lives are in email. The, everything from, from purchase orders to future plans to production to, to personnel to everything goes through email. And Microsoft's Office 365 being a, a comprehensive solution, it's not just email, but it's it's OneDrive and SharePoint. So it's it's all the files, the plans, the 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 blueprints, the crown jewels of 
all of these companies and who they talk to, what their relationships are. So that was one of the primary targets that, that the malicious actors went after. So, so this is something that's really interesting to me is, is that uh, this got by hundreds, potentially thousands of IT experts, cybersecurity experts without being noticed for a year. So who has the capability to conduct this type of attack? It can't just be a couple people on their own, you know, with malicious aims. It's got to be some larger actor, right? Yes. So, well, everybody has a, a, a fond tendency to think of the lone hacker in the hoodie sitting in the dark at his keyboard. The reality is, is the skill set needed to do something like this. It, it, just, just taking a look at this, they had, to, they had to compromise and find their way into a major company whose, whose focus is fairly heavily on security. They had to sit and watch their entire operations be very well versed at the development process and pipeline that they went in, insert themselves in there, know how to manipulate the, the cryptographic signatures so they could get in before that. The skill set, it's not done by any one person. Uh, the, the analysis on, on, on this that I have read has said that they estimate that there were over a thousand different individual people working on different parts of the code that did this. But these, these things are normally reserved, this level of attack is normally reserved for a nation state hacker. So right now the FBI, the Office of Director of National Intelligence, the National Security Agency and the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Agency have all attributed this to Russia. The security firm Kaspersky, who I might point out is Russian, said that the SolarWinds Orion hack closely resembled malware tied to a hacking group known as Turla, which the Estonian authorities have said operates on behalf of Russia's FSB security service. We have seen these types of things before, this, this focused attack on infrastructure, long patient, and then uh, able to worm its way in so it can get to critical infrastructure when they want to, to, to banks, to power lines, to you name it. Uh, that's not the sort of thing that your average college hacker has the ability or the knowledge or the, the, the desire to do. So you've already covered this some about how this is hitting, you know, a third of the private sector, that this is definitely a big deal. But now that it's discovered that this happened and people are trying to address it, how bad is this overall? Is it better now that we've that we have identified it and and are able to address it or are there still really serious problems here that need to be addressed? So it's, there's still certainly very serious problems that need to be addressed. Um, the mistake is thinking of SolarWinds as, as a specific incident that needs to be addressed. Uh, I have been in IT for over three decades and security specifically in private sector, in federal government, in city governments, uh, telecommunications and finance for over two decades. And this was when it was discovered by far and away the most impactful hack that I had ever seen. Uh, it was just that big. And in the two months that have gone by since then, it has since been surpassed. So this is a systemic problem. It is not, we need to fix solar winds. Solar winds was bad and we may never know how bad it was because as I said, you've got 
very capable, stealthy bad guys sitting inside people's systems, and we don't know what they were doing for months. I mean, this is like saying burglars broke into your house. They've been there for nine months. It looks like maybe they did some random construction in your house. We don't know what. Good luck. You know, I hate to say it. It's just we don't know because they may have broken into and we may have only discovered this on the people that they were active on. But there could have been an entire list of, well, these aren't our primary targets. Let's get back to them a year later. And there's just back doors waiting for someone to get in when they finally get around to you. And we just don't know. And so for you looking at this, what do you imagine is the worst case scenario here um, based on what we're looking at? All of our modern industrial systems from power, water, and sewage treatment to trains, traffic lights, and air traffic control are computerized. Everything is computerized. And, and the United States is the leader in the world in that. We, we run everything on computers, nests, uh, cameras on your on your doorbell, people's refrigerators, my scale talks back to the cloud. Um, we wear watches that 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 track our every movement and and all of that is on computers. So worst case scenario is think Texas power grid failure, except nationwide scale, all the lights are blinking green saying nothing to see here. Everything's normal. And what do we do? Um, you can ask Ukraine. I, this is what the Russians did to them in 2015 when they gained similar access. They shut down power for most of the country. And while the technicians were watching, standing there, staring at their screens, watching the mouse move, shut down all the relays, shut down the backup power, and nothing they could do about it. And it took them weeks to get everything back on. So for an individual organization, what would you do if most or all or all of your computers failed and you didn't know why? And the software that monitored them, SolarWinds or the equivalent, kept telling you, no, everything's fine. Business is usual. Do you have a business continuity and disaster recovery plan? You know, when was the last time they were tested? And, what, and was it more than just a feel-good box checking? Let's warn everybody two weeks in advance we're going to do a disaster recovery test and we're going to do it as a tabletop exercise. How much faith do you have in that? Wow. So the last question I think I have then, and this is just about it, is is I don't want to leave everyone on on such a dour note. Is there any hope here in what's going on? Is there is there any positive news that we can glean from the situation at all? Um, so positive news is is people are really starting to take this seriously. Uh the, the federal government, CISA especially, has has stepped up into become a very active role in providing guidance and assistance for this. There are a couple organizations, groups of security personnel who work in those particular sectors, either state and county and tribal governments or finance, banking and insurance, and focus on the threats to just them because each of them have unique threats. So there are parties out there that are focused on assisting everybody from the little guys to the big guys with defending their networks and protecting their networks. I mean, what can individuals do? The simple truth is, well, things like solar winds get all the news, grab all the news, and they, and they capture all the headlines. But these are not what most breaches come from. Most breaches come not from zero-day vulnerabilities, but simply from poorly patched and configured systems. The most effective defense an organization can have is a robust 
patch and baseline configuration program. All your systems should be securely configured before they get placed into production. Patching should occur aggressively on a regular basis. Vendors like Microsoft and the other major companies put out patches on a monthly basis. Your goal is to never be a patch cycle behind. There should never be anything more than 30 days out. If you get hacked by a zero day, it's like, I hate to use it, winning the lottery. It's just that rare. But getting hacked by something you didn't patch six months or nine months ago is really where everything goes. And that's in your control. You can fix that. So it sounds like a similar lesson that we've had for many of our other podcasts, which is companies and individuals and government organizations should be keeping up to date, patching their software and being vigilant. All right, Charles, this was really helpful, if if not uh, a little disconcerting, but I guess that's part of the cybersecurity world. I really appreciate all of your insight. Thank you.